You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Hey investors, Bradley here from Watson Estates, and you're listening to the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Today on our show, a friend of mine, Quentin D'Souza, he is actually the first guest we've had, and this is the second time he's been on our show. You maybe caught it late last year when we did our last episode, but by the end of this one, I was kind of smirking awkwardly because this was a damn good episode full of amazing information. If you're looking to grow and scale your real estate portfolio, you don't want to miss this episode. Quentin gets into some of the details from his latest book called The Action Taker's Real Estate Investing Planner, and he outlines for us some of the reasons some investors fail. And what he does is he takes a lot of amazing principles and relates them to real estate specifically. What an amazing episode. I mean, he has mentored thousands of people over the years out in Durham has a crazy large portfolio. I mean, we can, we can monitor the market as much as we want and analyze what's going on in the local news, the local market. But if we don't talk to people like Quentin, I mean, we just need this to inspire us. And I was absolutely inspired today on our show. Please, if you could support what Quentin is doing, support him, whether that's through Instagram. And if you could on this video, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. And I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Enjoy the show. Quentin, how are you doing today? Doing well. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic, man. I'm so glad to have you back on the show. You are, I think the first guest we've had on twice now. So that makes Woo-hoo. you special in our hearts. <laughs> And I'm so thrilled you could join us. So since our last episode, I, I think it was late last year. Uh, can you maybe tell us some of the things that have been going on as a bit of an update for you? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I recently, so from fall, I closed on uh, a nine unit building um, in the Durham area and then a 23 unit building in uh, Northumberland. So, um, you know, growing the portfolio and actually I just got a, a triplex under contract in Whitby, which is good off market. And I'm working on um, a 16 unit building. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's all, I'm always growing. I'm always, um, you know, my, my strategy is all of those, one was a pocket listing, but all of the other ones were just uh, private sales and just, you know, people I know that sort of thing, you know, at this point in my investing, I've got a lot of deals that kind of come to me because I've been doing this since, 2004 and you know I have a good reputation so that that helps a lot right absolutely and I like to see that you've got that variety right like that you're still playing in the triplex and mind you you got these large ones and I know I've talked to you before and you're like oh yeah you know I'm talking to some guys I got a hundred unit building and it's like oh yeah, that's Quentin doing this thing <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great man and I'll tell you you definitely have some street cred so for anyone who doesn't know you kind of fill up my library a little bit I got some of your books this is the ultimate wealth strategy one for any of our audience members. And then we're going to talk a bit about this one today, Action Takers Real Estate Investing Planner. Um, and I want to get into that. So you've got, you got a ton of uh, experience. You've got, I mean, even the people, Jeff Woods, for example, I've, I've talked with Jeff, um, who's a, a co-author. Like these are some pretty impressive guys. Anyone that's talking about Durham, which is where you're kind of out of, uh, is familiar with your name. So I think it's really cool that you're able to share that information and kind of pass it down. And uh, it gives you kind of a legacy as well. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about why, why do you write so many books, first of all, and why did you write this latest one, The Action Planner? 
You know what? Because uh, I'm a teacher, right? So I have a, I have a master's in ed. I was a public school teacher for about 20 years. I left in uh, um, when did I leave? Like 2014, I think. Um, I left uh, teaching and I've uh, been a full-time investor. Um, and but I still like to teach, and I feel that books are a good way for me to be able to share my knowledge. Um, and I think it's a, a bit of a legacy piece too, right? If you if you gain financial freedom and you have like there's only so much money you need, and uh, I think that one of the other pieces for me is to to leave the world a little bit better and help to bring other people up too. And so you know the books are a way to share like the strategies that I used, the techniques that I used, and help other people to do the same. I mean, and it's also time, like time efficient, right? Everybody who wants my time, I cannot give it to them. There's just absolutely no way I can do that. But through a book, I can communicate that with them. And if they are able to, you know, um, take the time, go through it and apply everything that I'm sharing in those books, then they can accomplish the same things. I'm not smarter than anybody else. I just, I, I'm relentless in, in uh, the pursuit of my goals. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I, I put this book together, The Action Takers Real Estate Investing Planner, is because half of it is how to pursue the, go the goals and strategies and techniques to help you to do that. And the other half is planning them out, which is really important, right? Like most people will plan a vacation more than they will like plan their life, right? <laughs> That's true. You're right. Right? Like, you know, I got to go. Even away when for you a can't week. leave your house, they're still doing it. <laughs> right. You know what? And they go away for a week and they plan like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that we're going to do this and that. But then they won't, you know, like they want to achieve you know, whatever they consider financial freedom or a certain dollar amount or a net worth amount, but they'll never plan out how to do that, right? It's all just in their head, <laughs> right? So um, I think that the, whether you put it on a computer or you put it in, in, a, in the, like this planner or in a, like a moleskin book, whatever it is, you know, you want to have your goals somewhere outside of your head so that you can see them every day and then work towards them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, our audience were, were filled with some pretty savvy folks and I would imagine a good chunk of them probably are planning, but I think today I'd love to get into some of the secret sauce. You can tell us a little bit about what does your planning system look like, but before we get in there, I'm curious how the, the strategies you teach in here, how long have you been doing that? Like, have you done that from day one or have you kind of developed it over time? That's a great question. So like uh, what, what had happened is I, I've been I've been taking different coaching programs for a long time. So business coaching, um, uh, strategic coach uh, with Dan Sullivan, like uh, um, different programs. And what I found is that a lot of them were very focused on um, uh, business in general. And what I needed was um, uh, strategies and techniques and, you know, just a focus on real estate investing. And so what I did was I took those those templates and strategies and approaches and I and I changed them so that it worked for me and what I wanted to do. And so I've been using them, I would say, since about uh, 2010 is, uh, you, you know, when I, I, I started to and then I've been developing it over time. And then I, I had a coaching program from 2000 and I want to say 15. 
um, to last year. And uh, I, I don't do coaching anymore, but all my coaching clients and they were paying, you know, $12,000 for six months for one hour a week with me, they would all use the, the program. So this is actually the templates that they would use as part of that program. So it, it enables people to continue to use this, the techniques and tools that I had laid out for them. Um, and they could, now they can do it on their own. Um, and uh, as long I, one thing that I would encourage them to do is actually find a partner. So somebody else who is very like similarly uh, goal oriented, going in the same direction, and both of you pick up the, the planning tool and then have each other as an accounting partner so that every week, you know, you focus on the, like we talk about long-term goals, quarterly goals and weekly goals. So that those weekly goals, you have an accountability partner who will help to keep you accountable for those weekly goals. Right. So every week, maybe at like eight o'clock in the morning, you kind of just say, these are the three things that I'm working on this week uh, to help me towards my real estate goals. And it's not about like, you know, coaching each other and helping each other. Really, it's just like, did you do it or did you not do it? That's it. Yeah. And yeah. Something I want to get into some of those specifics, too, with the weekly sure. plan. So we're, we're going to go down that route. But you okay. mentioned, uh, and, and I agree, it's very hard when people ask me, what's something, if I'm just getting started, what's one of the most important things? It's really hard not to say coaching, you know, and I've spent thousands in coaching and, and for someone to go through a program that you've put together, if you even have time to do that, it's going to cost thousands. And, and this is an opportunity for people to get it for a fraction. So all the things you're saying are bang on, but I'm curious, what are a couple, because it's definitely sprinkled through this book where you discuss it's, this is very real estate centered, not so it, it assumes a lot of general principles, but maybe could you share with us an example of how real estate, you need to look at real estate individually rather than just kind of applying outside concepts to the industry. Right. So um, first, uh, like if you're interested in looking at some of those tools and techniques, like if you go onto the action taker, real estate planner.com website, you can download the first chapter. And in the first chapter, it goes through um, uh, some of those, those pieces. So one example would be um, every week, you need to focus on three things in your real estate business. It's finding properties, it's funding properties, and it's financing properties, right? Every, every week without fail, I, and I have, I do this, I still do this every week. It's right beside me. My quarterly plan is up on, the, on, on my desk right beside me as well. But I am working on those three things every week. And it's part of uh, connecting, you know, my weekly plan to my quarterly plan to my long-term goals, right? And so um, just that one thing, if you're working on, you know, three, those three pieces each week, by, by doing that one thing, you are going to get closer to your goals. I can, I can pretty much guarantee it because of the consistency of uh, application, right? Um, you know, the, the problem is people give up too quickly. Um, and you know, if it doesn't happen in like five minutes, then it, it's never going to happen. So the, the key here is the, the consistency and, and being able to apply it every week. And that's how this plan is different. It really focuses on those pieces, right? Uh, not only on the, um, not only on the accountability, uh, the accountability pieces in there too, but also like, 
you know, celebrating some of your wins every week, right? You got to celebrate those wins. You know, like I, I just finished um, uh, doing a refinance of three properties. And um, by refinancing those three properties, I'm, I'm freeing up about half a million in funds, right? And so for me, like the half a million in funds is great um, because it's going to help me to be able to purchase more buildings. But, but the thing that like really I, I like is now I talked to a friend of mine who's like, he's just a great guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he's buying different buildings and stuff like that. And, and I and like, we'll go out for lunch and, you know, talk and, and just like, I got a new story to tell him, right. Like about the refinance and stuff and it's celebrating that. And it sounds kind of simple and it doesn't have to be like, going on a gigantic trip to Tahiti. It can just be having lunch with a friend. And, and, and I think you gotta celebrate every win. Um, and it doesn't have to be spectacular. And it could just be going out for dinner. Like, and, you know, say like this dinner is dedicated to, you know, the win for the, you know, the 500K refinance, you know, whatever it is, right? <laughs> and, um, and I mean, I think that having the structure helps you to achieve your goals. And that's why, you know, that's why it's there. And I've been using it for that for a long time. And, um, you know, I think, um, you know, the book helps to make sure that the, all the, the structures and systems are still out there so that more people can continue to use it. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's get into some of the, the details. So people, sure. I encourage you to, we'll put the link down below, go in and download uh, chapter one. And, and chapter one talks a, big, a lot about why some investors fail. And when it comes to setbacks and roadblocks, I'm curious, what are some common things you've seen in your path um, of reasons why people would fail or, or get oh set back seriously? <laughs> There's a lot, you know, um, and, and it, it has a lot to do with consistency, but also like shiny object syndrome, like, you know, like, oh, this is great. Oh, this strategy. No, this strategy. Oh, this area. Oh, let's go to Windsor. Oh, let's go to North Bay. Oh, no, no, Brunswick. That's the way. Oh, Florida. Right. Like, so there's 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 that, you know, it's it's people not willing to get out of their comfort zone. Right. Like just, um, you know, I, oh, I've always done it this way. This is the you know, this is what makes sense. But the thing is, like, if you're not willing to get out of your comfort zone, then you're never going to grow. Right. So, you know, that that's part of the chapter in there. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, people so people will have these these net worth goals. Like I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a three millionaire or whatever it is. Right. Um, I want to be, you know, in the 0.1% of the population in Canada. So the thing is, though, do they even know what where they are now? Have they ever done a balance sheet? Do they know what their net worth is? And have they, you know, do they do it consistently? I mean, I'll, I'll look at my balance sheet every uh, twice a year, right? I'll look at, I'll, I'll make sure that we have uh, everything all together and we look at it twice a year. And that, an example balance sheet is in that first chapter too. And like, it's like, this is my net worth. And then I'm, am I going towards my, my goal, right? And I identify in it like, okay, what are the, in Canada, we have uh, different net worth criteria. So a high net worth Canadian is, um, has a net worth between 1 million and 5 million. A mid-tier millionaire has a, um, you know, a net worth between 5 million and 30 million. And an ultra high net worth person in Canada has a $30 million or more net worth. So 
you know, by having like the balance sheet, it's great. But now we have goals, like where do we want to be and where are we now, right? Right. If you, if you want to lose weight, you have to know what your weight is, right? <laughs> if you want to get your net worth up, you got to know what your net worth is now, right? Exactly. So same thing. Awesome. So, okay, so let's go through some of these. There's obviously a ton and I encourage everyone. I mean, this is this is available. You'd be crazy to, to not take advantage of it. But I want to talk about the real estate entrepreneur's planning process. And we'll get into how that kind of breaks down. What does that look like? So we've kind of taken a, a glimpse now. We've seen a kind of our balance sheet. We can see this is our net worth. And so now what? Like what comes next? Well, I mean, before we before we go into like to 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 um, like this the quarterly plan and and the um, the weekly plan, you, you have to define what it is that you want. You need to spend some time, and I encourage people to spend a day or a weekend actually thinking about what do I want twenty years from now. Um, what are those big goals? And um, because if you and you and you need to divide it not only in financial goals but personal goals, um, you know, even uh, they could be spiritual goals, they could be relationship goals, um, maybe it's just like leisure time goals. So you break it down into to uh, different uh, areas, and then you define out what those big twenty year goals are. Okay, and once you've started that. This is where the magic starts to happen because all of a sudden, like um, back in 2000 and um, so I, I redo my goals every like three years because I find that even the long-term goals, you, you will be surprised at how you can achieve them in a shorter amount of time by using this strategy, okay? So um, in 2015, I had set... Um, uh, one of my 20 year goals to run a marathon, right? I had no idea if I was going to be able to do it. I was a hundred pounds overweight and wasn't that like, if you saw me at that time, you'd be like, there's, there's no way. Right. But funny enough, over the next three to five years, I started to change my health and um, you know, and that was still part of this planning process. I had it in my quarterly goals you know, and I worked towards that. And in 2019, I ran a marathon. And so, you know, and that was in my 20 year goal, right? And like right. a health goal. So, you know, and I was able to do that in like four years instead of 20 years. And, and it's all about, you know, setting those, those big goals and then bringing them down into your quarters. And I, and I say quarters, not years. So when you're doing this process, it's about quarterly goals because what happens to most people in January they set these big goals for themselves, right? They say, okay, I'm going to do this and do that and this. And then the next time they look at the goals is December. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> right? right? So instead, if you use a 90 day, you know, planning process and you focus only on the 90 days, what you're going to do in those 90 days, then you're more likely to achieve the goals that you set and then the ones that you set from like uh, at the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Right. Um, and remember, these 90 day goals are are taking you. That's your quarterly plan. They're taking you to those long term goals that you set. Right. right? Whatever those are. And so um, so once you've done that, those uh, that 90 day goal, your the week 
connects up to those 90 day goals. So each week you're working towards your 90 day goals. So by the time you get to the end of the three months, you will have achieved quite a bit of those 90 day goals because you have, you know, you've set it in as an intention, you're working on it every week and you'd be surprised. Now, imagine you set, you set yourself nine goals for the quarter, whatever those goals are, and you achieve, let's say eight of them, or let's say six of them every quarter for the next 10 years. Imagine what you can do. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me wonder, like I, I, from my own experience, I mean, you have these 10, 20 year goals and you try and say, you know what, I'm going to start to do some activity. And I find personally, and I'm guessing it's probably a human nature is we front load a lot of the activity naturally. It's like, if I'm going to run a marathon then I got to be able to maybe buy, I can run a half marathon in, in three months from now. it's like, well, I mean, if you were to break it down realistically, that seems a little extreme, but I think that having those smart goals, those goals that are kind of, but also front loaded where we're like, you know what, I'm going to see if I can take off, shave off a larger portion of this up front. I think that's what ends up when we're actively setting goals. That's what ends up speeding up that process. At least that's, that's what I've experienced. I, I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if you've, if you've experienced the same thing, but. Yeah. You know, I think what happens is that we overestimate a lot of people overestimate what they can do in the near term and they underestimate what they can do in, in the, you know, the longer term goals. Right. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is they over, they overcompensate and then they don't feel success. Mm. But if what they did was they just did, you know, um, it's not about running a marathon. It's about going for a walk for 45 minutes. If that's what you, what it is, it's about going for a walk for 45 minutes every day. And then after you're going for a walk for 45 minutes, maybe it's running once a week. Right. And then like it's, it's getting, it's easing into those goals. And then the same thing with real estate, right? Uh, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about it, it's not about buying a hundred properties. It's about buying your next property, right? That's what, what the goal is, right? You may have a 20 year goal of whatever your, 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 your mogul empire is going to look like, but like today, your goal is buying that next apartment building or it's buying that next property. And then it's intentionally setting weekly goals that help you to do that. So, you know, financing wise, it may be contacting a new lender. Um, it could be, you know, funding wise, it could be freeing up money through a, a, um, a refinance of a principal residence. Um, um, from a, um, a finance, um, from a finding uh, perspective, it could be talking to a, a realtor like yourself, right? And connecting with them to help you, them to find a, a new property, right? So right. all of those pieces uh, help to achieve that goal, uh, but and, and it takes them to that big goal, but it starts in, in, a, in a small way. And that's what I found is most effective with real estate investors who, who follow that criteria, who actually, you know, um, use the planning process. And um, like every, every week I do like on, on Sunday night or on Monday morning, I'll set out my plan for the week. I do it. I've done it for 10, well now 11 years. Right. And, uh, and I'm going to continue to do that. Awesome. Um, and I find that, that that has been very helpful for me. I mean, um, I'm uh, just going, I'm, I'm approaching $35 million of assets under management. And I own at least 50% of all of that, right? So it's not a bad deal. Not a bad <laughs> it, gig. 
And I can see where celebrating the small wins really, really picks up. Right. I mean, to feel like, Oh, I only got six out of 10 of my goals. You can really beat yourself up over those things, but why, like to what end? Right. And it makes me wonder if people feel like maybe they've been distracted by shiny objects or they're kind of, they set this January one goal. And here we are mid February when we're recording, actually, this is going to come out probably the next week or two. So it'll be in March. So, and you're like, where I haven't done any of that now, how, I know your book speaks about this, but tell us, how do we get back on track? Like, what should that mindset or attitude look like to try and pick things up where maybe we felt like we've dropped them? Yeah, you know what? I, I will actually rewrite goals in the middle of a quarter because sometimes their things have changed within the, the scope and spectrum of things that I, could, I had no control over. And I need to make a change in my plan. That's okay. It's okay to make changes in your plan. I give you permission. Like um, it's so uh, just say, you know, something were to happen. Like uh, COVID is an excellent example, right? Like say you had a plan to purchase a property in March and you're not sure of what's going to happen because of, you know, COVID, um, you know, lockdown and whatever. You, you need to change your goal in order to, um, you know, to anticipate that. So, okay, this happened. I have a goal, but we need to change that so that I can anticipate maybe freeing up more equity in my portfolio in order to take advantage of perhaps potential other offers that I'm going to make in the next quarter. And it's okay to do that. Even if you, so um, I, I don't see it as not achieving the goal. I, th I think what it is, is making sure that the goal is attainable, right? Maybe you need to, um, because what ends up happening is uh, typically I'll have somebody say, okay, my goal this quarter is to buy six properties, all right? Okay, so why six? And then we have to drill <laughs> down. Well, it's like, well, I'm looking to add, you know, this, this month, I'm looking to add another 1,200 or this quarter, uh, $1,200 to my bottom line cash flow. Okay, now let's look at what you've done in the past and look at what you can do this quarter that would be, would help you to get towards that goal. Uh, well, you know, really, if I could get two properties in this quarter, you know, um, the the end, the byproduct of that is that I'm going to end up with maybe closer to $500 or uh, in cash flow. And that that is going to help me towards my goal. It's not going to get me to the $1,200, but this is definitely something that's doable and definitely something that I can do. Okay, <laughs> so let's reset the goal and make it two, two properties this quarter and then um, and make sure that we get that done, right? And that often will help people to get, the, get them closer to their goal. Now, what, what is also important is that I, I have what's called a quarterly challenge in my, in, in my template. Every quarter, they need to do something that takes them out of their comfort zone. Um, for some of my coach, my past coaching clients, it was like um, uh, one of them actually did a podcast. He is, he was like freaking out, right? Because he's, he's not a like. For some people, this is like craziness, right? To, to do public speaking, yeah. and um, but he did it, right? And he and you know he got he got out there, he got out of his comfort zone, and the, the thing is, is that quarterly challenge for him is going to do more for him to get him to the six properties than, than, you know, just setting a goal for six properties, because now he's, 
expanded his comfort zone. He can talk to a wider audience of people. He could perhaps get more partners that will help him to achieve that, that goal of the six properties. So it's not about setting the goal to an extreme, although you can you can have that like something like that in your quarter. It's just that you need to do something that's different, that takes you out of your comfort zone, right? Um, whatever that's going to be. This is fantastic, man. And you know what, to anyone listening, I mean, this is super relevant to me as well. Like this is, you're hearing it from a guy that's celebrating refinancing three properties, to get half a million dollars and 35 million. Like you heard all of the accolades and it's so simple, but like a lot of us get, we just feel like you set these goals and you hold yourself to it, to, to a fault, to the point where you almost freeze. Right. So I love, I love, love, love all of those things. I think there's a ton of wisdom and the fact that it's coming from you, I think should give a bunch of uh, like, guys, this is, I'll just say it. Like Quentin is a heavy hitter in the GTA when it comes to real estate. He's giving you permission to not have to go for six properties. Two is fine. Let's make sure it's attainable and realistically get one, right? It's one at a time. I love that concept. It's not, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. I think we kind of we overcomplicate things sometimes and, and sometimes we miss out. And really what's the point if we're not having fun? I think, I think this has been fantastic, man. Any other insight um, as we're kind of wrapping up that um, you can kind of share with our audience, any other words of wisdom that maybe you've learned in the last, I know you've been building, you're constantly evolving, but maybe even since this book come out, is there something you've maybe started focusing on or learning um, in your travels? Well, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention was in chapter one, there's a great, um, uh, chart and it's part of the quarterly plan, which is a look at looks at uh, sources of income. And one of the things that I have done for a long time is have a number of different income sources. I mean, the book is an income source. It's not. You're never for me. You're not. It's not going to make you uh, wealthy, but it you know it gives you benefits in other ways. But it is an income source, and I have other income sources, and it gives you a way to identify different income sources that you have and outline it because we know that um, wealthy people have at least you know. 10 different income sources that are there, right? And if you look at the type of income sources, I have many different types of income sources. But the key is, for me, is that if I decide that I'm not gonna do one of those income sources, I can. You know, um, coaching is a very profitable uh, type of um, um, income, but it's very time intensive, right? And, you know, if, if you can imagine, I, I was charging $12,000 for six months and I had four or five clients at a time. And then I had group coaching clients as well that would, you know, that had uh, like 10 or 12 at a time that would charge, I would charge $700 per month. You know, you can imagine just by those numbers what that looks like. Well, I decided to go like this, X, cross off that income source. Why? Because I decided to, that it would free up more time for myself. And I can only do that because I have this, this chart and the, the ability to cross off those, those that, that income option. Yeah. And, and I have my other income sources that allow me to do, do that. And the difference for a, a person who has a T4 income employment is that one day, if you do this, you can cross off your T4 income and do whatever you 
you know, that's, it's the benefit of being able to do that. So, um, you know, I would encourage you to, uh, and, and that for me, that was, you know, and an like something recent and an enlightening experience for me. And it, it was also freeing too, right? Like I, I do have the, the time freedom and, uh, you know, I can cross off the income sources that I want and decide whether I'm going to, you know, do them or not do them. Right. I'm sorry. I've got this weird smile on my face. I'm just realizing how good a podcast this was. Like this has been super. <laughs> I awesome. love you so much. And I'm sure our audience is too, man. Like no, no wonder we brought you on again. We're going to, I know we're going to see Quentin again. I know this is going to happen again. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank I appreciate that. And you know what? I actually, I put a code on for the action taker real estate planner. So if they use Watson uh, as a code, um, I do like a, I have a goal achievement package, so it'll take uh, uh, $10 off that, that program. So beautiful. Love it. Okay. Quentin. Right. So we, we will have the links, but any other platforms that people can find you online as we kind of wrap up? I'm trying to grow my Instagram following. So if you go to Qman REI on Instagram, that would be great. I just crossed the 2000 uh, follower mark. So uh, that would be uh, helpful if you were to, to find me there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can, you can, you know, connect with me on Facebook or uh, uh, go to uh, uh, durhamrei.com and um, there's a phone number up there. I don't know it off the top of my head, but we, you know, we'll have uh, uh, Sarah or uh, someone else get back to you. Awesome. Mr. Quentin D'Souza, appreciate it, brother. And we'll, we'll see you again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Take care.